Log Talk Radio. It's super catapretinistic, expialidocious, <laughs> even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Super catapretinistic, expialidocious. Because I was afraid to speak when I was just a lad. My father gave me now that week, told me I was bad. But then one day I learned a word that saved me ain't just knows. The biggest word you ever heard is that we go so old. Oh, and the man is Roger's boss a time of day with me. I say be special word and move me off three off the tea. Woo! Super Gamma to me girl, and now me girl's me wife. Oh, and a lovely thing she is too. <laughs> She's Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker welcoming you to our Mary Poppins anniversary party. Thanks for joining us today. We're celebrating the 50th anniversary of one of the best family films ever, and we're so happy you tuned in. Joining in the fun are noted film critics Nell Minow, A.J. Hawkery, and Richard Jack Smith. You know, folks, this Oscar-winning movie actually had 13 Oscar nominations, and won five of them. And I understand that a special 50th anniversary DVD will be released on December 10th. We'll also be talking about Saving Mr. Banks, an upcoming film starring Tom Hanks as Walt Disney and Emma Thompson as the Mary Poppins author. Plus, We've invited actress Victoria Summer to call in. She plays, the Ju- she plays Julie Andrews in that eagerly awaited movie, so I hope we do hear from her. Now, I'm sorry to say that our chat will not be open today. Nikki Starr had an emergency and can't be with us, but she sent me an email and asked me to tell you how much she absolutely loves Mary Poppins. We're so glad that three of our favorite film critics are here. They've all been our guests before, but here's a little background info I want to share with people uh, who may be uh, listening in for the first time. Nell, the famous movie mom, writes film commentary for BeliefNet.com and is the author of The Movie Mom's Guide to Family Entertainment plus many other film-related books. 
AJ, also known as the Mad Movie Man, contributes film reviews to sites like Classic Movie Guide, Review Express, Real Talk Movie Reviews, and his own popular blog, CineSlice. That's C-I-N-E-S-L-I-C-E. Richard lives in Wales and writes film reviews for Real Talk Movie Reviews. He's also the author of Incidental Gold, a wonderful book he discussed with us on a previous show. So let's bring on our guest now. Ladies first, as usual. Now, when did you first see Mary Poppins and what was your reaction? Well, Betty Jo, I have to tell you that I was probably out of the entire planet of humanity back uh, almost 50 years ago, the single person most ideally situated to fall in love with this movie. I was 11 years old. Yeah, I was 11 years old. I had read every single one of the Mary Poppins books at least twice. I was a big movie fan. And so for me, this was really a dream come true. I fell crazy in love with it the first time my parents took me to the theater, which was opening weekend, and I went back to see it two more times. Oh, my gosh. Well, I I thought maybe you would have some strong feelings about this film, but I didn't realize (laughs) how close you were to it. Now, I did. I saw it also on its opening uh, weekend on, on the big screen. I was quite a bit older than you were at the time, but I it wowed me. It, it really did because I just love musicals, and this film had such great music and such uh, wonderful dance numbers that uh, I, I had to go back and see it more than, more than once. And, and I, wonder, I wonder when A.J. saw this. A.J., when did you first see Mary Poppins, and what did you think about it? I, I, I know you promised not to be curmudgeonly, so, uh, <laughs> so Nell won't be angry with you, whatever you say, though. Go ahead. I, I know. We're talking about a good movie this time, so I have no call to be a jerk today. Uh, <laughs> the, first time, <laughs> the first time I saw Mary Poppins, well, the kind of the first time I was exposed to it was I, I hadn't actually seen the whole movie at first when I was a kid, I had a bunch of those, uh, like, uh, uh, videotapes that Disney put out that had different clips from different musical numbers, and one mm-hmm. of them had uh, I Love to Laugh in there. And I, was, and, I saw, and I saw that, and everyone's flying around, and it's like, whoa, this seems like a little goofy movie. I was probably, like, four or five at the time. And then uh, later on, probably like a couple years after that, my parents had rented uh, the actual movie on VHS, and I remember them being very stern with me and saying not to watch it on my own because, like, it was really special that it had come out. Like, we're going to watch this as a family. Don't go ahead and pop it in the player on yourself, uh, on your own. We're gonna all going to watch it together. And then we did, and I just fell in love with it. That was such a such a cool movie. And it's it's been a long time since I've sat down and watched the whole thing beginning to end. I usually catch uh, clips here and there, but... Yeah, uh, six-year-old AJ was just, it, it knocked his socks off, I can tell you that. <laughs> you were part of the target audience, that's, that's for sure, and I love the idea of the family wanting, to, wanting you to see, you know, the whole family to see it together because, it's, because it was such a great, and still is such a great family movie. Mm-hmm. Well, now let's hear from, from Richard, all the way from Wales. Richard, uh, do you remember the first time you saw Mary Poppins and what you thought about it at the time? Yeah, I was uh, about five, and uh, that and Annie were probably my favourite musicals growing up. Um, I remember quite vividly 
being because uh, I, I grew up in London and I remember watching them and uh, being it just swept away by the music and especially that first that first moment when she appears out of the sky and and comes down and and, and visits and you know takes care of the family and everything. I, I've, I've always I've always I've always had fond memories of that film. Well, you know that that scene did uh, probably a five five year old and a six year old seeing that happen that probably would have quite quite an impression on you. Um, it's kind of interesting that when I saw it, and I was I was wowed by it, but my um, son and daughter were I think maybe uh, closer to the teenage. And I liked the movie better than than they did. And then later, in later years, when they thought older, when they had children of their own, then they knew uh, why I was so excited about it because it was, well, it just appeals to all ages. Uh, I I really thought those the songs and dances were absolutely amazing, and and so were the performances in that movie. And I'm I'm even more impressed every time I. I see it. And speaking of performances, Nell, who stands out most in the cast for you? Oh, my gosh, it's really hard to pick, including, you know, Feed the Bird Lady, Jane Darwell, in her last screen appearance. And I remember seeing it with my folks for the first time and my mom pointing her out to me and saying that that's a very distinguished actress. But I was, again, at 11 years old, Dick Van Dyke was the star of the television series that was my favorite then and is still my favorite, the Dick Van Dyke show. And so yeah. I and and finding out uh that he played not only the part of Bert but the part of the old guy at the bank. Uh I have to yeah. give him double credit for that. So uh as much as I loved everybody else in the cast, uh Glynis Johns and um Hermione Badley and David Tomlinson and everybody, I have to say I will gotta go with Dick Van Dyke. Bad accent oh, at all. A, that's a good. That's a good choice. He. I thought he was just absolutely marvelous in that. Um, I absolutely had no idea that he could dance. And I remember uh, watching the bonus features for the 40th anniversary mm-hmm. of uh, Mary Poppins. And I remember uh, Dick Van Dyke telling about how he did not know how to dance before making this movie, but. He he just had to really go all out, you know, and train for that, especially for that step in time number, which was just fabulous. I mean, uh, Rockets eat, eat your heart out. <laughs> so, do you do you remember how they build him for the 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 other part that he played? They scrambled up the names the the letters in his name in the credits. Uh, so if you unscramble it, it's spelled Dick Van Dyke. I think the letters bounce around in the credits so that you see uh, who really played it. And he got the part of Bert without auditioning, but they made him audition for the second role because they wanted to make sure that he could really do it. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. That's that's very <clears throat> that's very interesting. Well, he just uh, he practically stole the show, I think. But what about you, AJ? Is there somebody else other than Dick Van Dyke that uh, you think was uh, the standout? Uh, well, for me, it's got to be uh, Julie Andrews, you know, at a young age seeing uh, an actress like that. And it's it's kind of a more complex performance than a lot of people give her credit for because she's 
very affectionate, but then she's also very stern, and she has to be able to project both of those uh, emotions where she's, like, in control and wants these kids to get in line, but shows that she loves them and cares about them, and that really struck a chord with me, how, uh, when even back then, like, how well-balanced that performance was, and, of course, the singing was just phenomenal, and she did an all-around amazing job in that movie. That's a good good choice too aj she she really did uh she was she alternated between being no nonsense and playful in a way that just was so smooth and seamless and of course that was the first time that that i had seen her because that was her first movie and that voice oh her voice just really really got to me so uh, good, good choice. And, and how about you, Richard? Do you did you think uh, Julie Andrews stood out, or Dick Van Dyke, or or somebody else in the film? I was going to say Dick Van Dyke because I've always enjoyed his performance, but I think uh, to be a little different, I'll say David Tomlinson because I, I quite mm. liked him in, in um, uh, what was it? What was the other one he did? Uh, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a, to- a Tomlinson. David yeah. Tomlinson is oh yeah, yeah. he played uh, Mr. Banks the the mm-hmm, father yeah. and he was he definitely was uh, excellent and I'm glad you mentioned uh, that role Richard because I was tr- I I had forgotten that Banks was the name of the family and so when when this new film that we're going to be talking about a little bit later uh, that's coming up. Saving Mr. Banks, I I thought, well, who was that? I mean, what a choice for Mary Poppins. I couldn't remember that it was the Banks family. But David Tomlinson was just great. And I looked at YouTube this morning at most of the musical numbers. And uh, Step in Time, Mm -hmm. where the chimney sweeps are all dancing on the roof there. And the last part of the... That was a long number. My gosh, it must have been ten or maybe more than ten minutes. And the last part of it, when the chimney sweeps come down into the house through the through the fireplace, and then the and then uh, Mr. Banks comes in, and the way he reacts when the when the chimney sweeps try to you know involve him in the dance. And say, <laughs> Here's the master. Step in time. <laughs> the master. He doesn't know what's Did going you? on. Did you oh, know that David Tomlinson provided some of the voices for some of the animated characters in the Jolly Holiday sequence? Oh, in the uh, uh, Jolly Holiday with Mary, mm-hmm. where they had the cartoon characters, yeah, yeah the the horses and the mm-hmm. and the pigs and everything mm-hmm. chiming chiming in. Yeah, so he did some of the voices. No, yeah, I did not know that. And uh, the way they used in this movie the the real actors with the cartoon characters was just a, a perfect. It it uh, like with uh, Dick Van Dyke with the penguin. Yeah. with the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> just well, I, it just makes me so happy to even think about Mary Poppins <laughs> and all the wonderful things uh, things about it. Um, I I don't know. I just have a hard time deciding. On which uh, on which characters? Of course, it would be either Dick Van Dyke or or Julie Andrews. They they or just maybe the penguin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or maybe the penguin <laughs> or the chimney sweeps. Mm-hmm. No, but the, every everything 
everything about this worked and and the performances were were just uh were just great. What was your favorite scene now? Well, I think you've mentioned it already. There are a lot of lot of scenes that I loved and when I was a little girl, I think I loved the scene of the two children singing about what they were looking for in a nanny, but as I got a little older, my favorite is Step in Time and that is such a fabulous fabulous sequence and the production design I think we really need to mention the production design of this movie is just exquisite the books themselves are set I think in the 1930s but they very wisely moved the setting to Edwardian England which was a little more picturesque and I and I so I just love that scene of dancing on the rooftops and the song itself was inspired by a classic old English dance hall uh, song called Knees Up Mother Brown and it's got just a wonderful oh, yeah. uh, some sort of bouncy quality to it and I, I just love that love that scene that particular scene mm-hmm. that, that is just something special I think that's one of the best uh, dance numbers ever filmed I, I just the more I see it you know the more impressed I am with how about you AJ um, what was your favorite scene uh, well the scene uh scene for me that really stood out like like you said was that entire sequence where they uh with, with the live action animation blend you know just because like when i was a kid i was still getting used to like okay some movies are animated and some are live action and then just to kind of throw them together like that just it really blew my mind and uh if, if i watched it again i could probably find some bits where it's like uh the timing isn't quite right, or I could find, like, little holes in it, but, like, back then, like, I was just totally convinced that there's Dick Van Dyke dancing around with penguins, and <laughs> there, there's this whole big parade going on with all these live-action actors, like, dancing in front of them. As far as I was convinced, you know, that was real. That was all happening, and so that's that's always been the scene that stood out for me. <laughs> that was That's a good one, and, and how about you, Richard? I've always liked the uh, the scene where uh, Mary Poppins is doing the room sorting. You know, she clicks it <laughs> and suddenly is uh, you know in order. <laughs> and then I think the little boy, I forget his name, but uh, he tries it and nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, this we'd all we'd all love to be able to do that one. Absolutely, we certainly we certainly would. Uh, that tidy up the the nursery scene. I think was very good too. It's again, it's hard to hard to pick a pick a favorite scene, but like you, Nell. Well, I, I'm just such a big fan of dance on film, mm-hmm. and so that step in time just just got to be, and I have to keep with that as my as my favorite scene in the in the movie. And uh, speaking of musical numbers, maybe we should pick our music. Well, we know what what's going to be Nell's and mine. But I was trying to make a list of all the musical numbers that were in this film. Of course, there's Step in Time, A Jolly Holiday with Mary, I Love to Laugh, Feed the Birds, uh, The Dance with the Penguin, The Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and Chim Chim Cherie, which I think won the Oscar for Best Original Song, and then A Spoonful of Sugar. Nell, did I leave anything out? I, th- I think you've got them all, and I think it's worth mentioning that supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is does not occur anywhere in the books. You know, a- AJ mentioned the combined animation and live action scene, 
And that's very consistent with the books because one of the things that happens in the books is that Bert draws a picture on the sidewalk and they go inside the picture. And so that was something that, you know, felt very much in the world of Mary Poppins to me. And Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is a great song, but that was something that was thought up by the Sherman brothers. Oh, the Sherman brothers, how great they were. That just... They absolutely, uh, I mean, the music that they they developed for this was just uh, absolutely fabulous. And I have and what to about, <clears throat> agree with ahead. the Oscars on that one. I think that probably, I love all the songs, but I think Shim Shim Shuri is probably the best song. You do. You think that one absolutely should win the, should win yeah. the Oscar. Well, in another uh, year... I don't know. I mean, or put some of these uh, in another movie up against that. I don't know. There's, I think, uh, Step in Time, I think uh, Spoonful of Sugar. Well, these all are just so great that if I were voting with the Oscar, with the Academy, it would have been hard for me, I think, to pick the best uh, song in in that movie to even nominate. But uh, but Jim Jim Cherie is so haunting you know, it, it stays, it definitely stays with you. Uh, how about you, Richard? Do you have a favorite uh, song from Mary Poppins? Yeah, I like uh, Feed the Birds, uh, Tuppence a Bag, which is actually one of uh, Walt Disney's favorite songs mm-hmm. of all time. Um, I think they, they had one of the composers on it, I forget which uh, Sherman brother it was, but uh, I didn't play it for him um, but at the end of one Friday work day that uh, he had come in at the piano and he, he played it for him and he, and he sent him home and I was like, yeah, that's, that's oh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Very beautiful, beautiful song. That's that's definitely a good uh, a good choice. Well, here it is. We actually should be waiting until I guess 2014 for the 50th anniversary, but. Everybody's getting a head start celebrating the, the, I mean, the 50th anniversary. And um, why has this film remained so popular for almost half a, a century? The three of us are, are fans, obviously. But, but now, why, why do you think it's just had such an appeal for, for so many people for so long a time? Well, we've we've already talked about some of the elements that make it great, but I'll tell you, I think that the the answer to your question is revealed in the title of this new film, Saving Mr. Banks, because as you know, it's it's about the long, long, long process that Walt Disney went through to get P.L. Travers to agree to let him make a movie of her book, and she was very picky and she was very unhappy about many aspects of it. But although she did personally approve of Julie Andrews, she, she she approved of that casting choice. But when in the in the Saving Mr. Banks, the reason that it's called that is that they you know the book is very episodic. It's it's you know this is some adventure that the kids have with Mary Poppins, and this is another adventure, and they go to see the uncle, and they go inside the picture, and all of that. But they needed something more than that. They needed some emotional core for the movie version that was not really present in the books. And they figured out that it was really not a story of Mary Poppins. She doesn't have an emotional arc. She doesn't have a character change or learn anything Mm -hmm. really in the course of the book. And the children don't really either. It's really about Mr. Banks. It's about Mr. and Mrs. Banks learning how important it is to make their family a priority. That's why the title of the movie is Saving Mr. Banks, because as soon as they figure out that that was the theme of the movie, 
that's when it all came together. And I think that's the reason that it has endured for half a century is that everybody can relate to that idea of being reminded that the family has to come first. That's a good point, a very, very good uh, good answer to that question. AJ, do you agree with Nell on that, or are there some other reasons why you think it's it's been so popular for so long? Well, I definitely agree with Nell. She made some uh, really good points. But, uh, well, when I saw this question, uh, the first thing I thought of was uh, actually the movies that Emma Thompson did in the past couple of years, the Nanny McPhee ones and how uh, similar those are to Mary Poppins and that, you know, they're about the, these magical people that come into these kids' lives and, you know, they kind of have these wacky adventures, then they kind of pass off and, and just kind of move on to the next one. But, and those are carried over from Mary Poppins, and I think that's, that's definitely a universal uh, lasting theme to kind of, you know, to teach parents, you know, like, you, like Nell said, to make their children a priority and uh, just kind of to strengthen, like, their family bonds. But at the same time, you teach kids, you know, it's it's all right to have fun. It's like it's great to use your imagination, but like fantasies can't last forever. Like your family is still the most important thing to you, and and like all the magic in the world can't replace it. And as much fun as it is, you know, watching kind of all these like dazzling images kind of go go across on the screen and just kind of be uh, blown away by like the trickery and everything. Like at the end, it's still like the most important thing is uh how how the bank family is uh strengthened at by the end i think that's the most important thing and i think that's what has made it last because it's it's a universal theme well said um i you and Nell are pretty much together on that and uh, both of you have have uh, really helped us see why it's stayed so popular for so long. And uh, Richard, do you agree with Nell and AJ, or uh, do you have something else to add as to why this has been such a great movie and accepted for for so long a time? Absolutely. I definitely agree with uh, Nell and AJ. The the magic of Walt Disney, for me, has always been about bringing something personal uh, to the film. It's not just about the filmmaking and and the music and, and the way those elements will come together. Something personal about the, the storyteller themselves comes through, I think, in Mary Poppins, which um, I think probably is only hinted at maybe in some of his earlier works. And so perhaps that's why it's endured and, and hopefully will continue to endure because I think it also represents that kind of innocence of, uh, of theme which... Even today, when you know you take away all those elements, those nefarious elements of death, sex, and violence—I know we're talking about children's film—but when you remove all those elements, you get back to the innocence of it all. There are not many of them made nowadays, so I think that's that's one of the things that keeps it alive and keeps it so vibrant and uh, relevant. Excellent answer. I I think you're definitely uh, right about that. And for me, it's uh, all those things. But but it's just the way everything worked together so so beautifully. The the cast and the script and the special effects and the performances, the music, the choreography, and as uh, you know, mentioned earlier, the production values. And it's just it was just a, a perfect movie. I imagine uh, there there's a lot of uh, behind the scenes anecdotes about uh, Mary Poppins. And Nell, you've given us. Uh, some about uh, about that already, but do you have any others that you'd like to add at this time? 
Well, one thing I want to recommend is that we talked a little bit about the Sherman brothers, Richard and Robert Sherman. I think that this is unquestionably their best work, but they wrote a lot of music for Disney. I'm going to ruin the rest of your day by mentioning that they wrote It's a Small World After All, and now you won't be able to get that song out of your head for the rest of the day. Um, so they're, the ones, they're, the, they're the ones to blame for that. They're the ones to blame for that. We, did we, and, and, you know, they, and, and they, these songs are absolutely fantastic. So I, I want to recommend, if you're interested in sort of the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, the documentary about the two of them, which was made by their two sons. And oh. uh, it's a very sad documentary because the two brothers became estranged, and the, the two oh. boys from The Next Generation made the movie primarily as a way of trying to get their two fathers to talk to each other again, and they were unsuccessful in that. Um, wow. but, but nevertheless, it is still a, an extraordinary story, and um, what made the two of them work so well together, what made the two of them break apart, uh, I think it's fascinating. And if you were interested in the kind of the behind-the-scenes of this movie or in just, you know, a, an incredible human story, um, I really feel that this, this movie, The Boys, is a great documentary for you to watch. Now, what is the title of it again? The Boys. Ah, okay. Well, I, I haven't seen that, so I'm definitely going to put that uh, on my on my list. Uh, I, I was surprised to find out, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, Nell, that the Mary Poppins stories were written in the 1930s. Yeah. And that those, those uh, evidently the movie makers, Walt Disney himself, didn't think that that was a inter- very interesting time. <laughs> so they set it to the 1900s. I, I think for those, for those uh, costumes, I think would, even, would make a much better movie. I thought, thought that was a very good uh, choice. And so that's the reason they went to the, to the 1900s. And then also that it didn't start out as a musical. So right. uh, those were things that I that I didn't didn't know. And How about you? Oh, go ahead. Neil Travers didn't want it to be a musical at all, and so you know there was a lot. Well, you'll see. I think in this new movie that she was not too happy with the song. Ah, uh, well, I can't understand why she wouldn't be happy with the songs. They are so great. But that's kind of what we'll find out when we watch that next movie. Well, AJ, anything behind the scenes that you'd like to add? Uh, nothing that I knew uh, offhand. Uh, I just I do uh, want to reiterate uh, uh, Nell's uh, comments about uh, the boys. I did uh, watch that a couple of years ago, right when uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty had come out, and I was, I was so blown away by that one. And I was kind of on a dizzy yeah. documentary kick. So I watched that and Walt and El Grupo pretty close together. But yeah, the boys. Mm-hmm. It was such a it was such a really fascinating story, especially to see like these. Uh, these brothers, you know, who were responsible for so many, like the the songs of our childhood, you know, the soundtracks of our lives when we were kids, and they just and just find out that they didn't get along all all that uh, well it was kind of a kind of a kind of a bit of a shocking revelation. But yeah, that is definitely a fascinating movie to pick up if you ever have the chance. Well, I'm going to take your take your recommendation and Nell's recommendation and, and get that from Netflix. And Richard, do you know um, any behind the scenes information about uh, Mary Poppins that you'd like to share? Well, uh, actually, speaking of those uh, penguins that you mentioned uh, earlier, I think originally there were going to be four men in like suits. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I think Disney came up with the idea of making them penguins, which, <laughs> which is a very sort of novel idea, which came through. Again, it shows how things develop, you know, from one thing to the next, you know. <laughs> well, the, I'm glad they went. They went with the cartoons. <laughs> Not doing that. The only other, the only other actor that I've seen dance with uh, penguins, and I think these were real penguins, was um, Mr. Oh, wait a minute, was Jim Carrey? Mr. Mr. Popper's penguins. <laughs> Mr. Popper penguins, and and those were real penguins, and I did love that penguin dance number too. I thought that was good. And then it of course we had happy. Happy feet. Right. Happy feet, right. <laughs> so maybe the, the maybe these penguins can dance. Who who knows? <laughs> who knows whether they could do that or not? Well, uh it's really uh, just uh, incredible that um this movie has lasted so long and brought so much pleasure to so many people and you know, whenever we're doing a tribute to a movie, I always like to ask if you could describe the movie, if there were only three words that you were uh, you had to name to describe the movie. What what would those words uh, be? So so now you go first. No oh boy, I guess I would say magical, tuneful, and heartwarming. Magical, tuneful, and heartwarming. And AJ, what would your three words be? I would probably have to say fantastic, warm. And catchy. <laughs> Fantastic, warm, and catchy. And Richard, what three words would you pick? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one, finding the three <laughs> words. Um, I'd say something like... Uh, I'll try not to sound too cool when you say these words. Um, Let's see. Oh, like mine's gone blank. It's terrible. This. <laughs> uh, That's all right. That. That's all right. <laughs> don't don't worry about that. Only three words that like Mary Poppins is is, is, is it's quite difficult. <laughs> there's so many words. I mean, it's it's transcendent. It's heartwarming. It's you know. Heartwarming. Reminds you of your childhood and everything. It's got like nostalgic quality. You know. And, Nostalgic. How, how would that how would that work? Transcendent, heartwarming, and nostalgic. Those are the three words. That sounds good. Yeah. You know what? Okay. I forgot to say. We should all just say it's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh, you got me! <laughs> I remember that was my word. Oh no! <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say ultra entertaining. Maybe mm-hmm. that's cheating. Almost two mm-hmm. words. And I was going to say uh, magical. And I was then going to say, and supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> I like the way you. I like the way you think. <laughs> no, I really, really do. Well, we've been just kind of uh, hinting a little bit at this uh, Saving Mr. Banks movie that's coming out on December 20th that I'm looking forward to so much. And um, I, so I wanted to talk a little bit about it. I was hoping, of course, that Victoria. Summer would uh, would call in, and maybe she will before the end of the show. But uh, because it would be wonderful to hear from her, since she plays Julie Andrews, and uh, she's somebody said uh, when I was listening to another radio show that she's the next big thing. <laughs> so, 
So I went, oh, golly, we could have the next big thing for, uh, from Hollywood <laughs> on our show. Well, she has been in some other movies, The Zombie Diaries, How Sweet It Is, and Dracula Returns, and then she's in the upcoming <laughs> movies, Fire Mission and Transformers, The Age of Extinction. Now, I'm sorry Nikki isn't here because she's a big Transformers fan, so she would be happy to hear that uh, Victoria is starring in a, a Transformers movie. But, but going back to the main characters in Saving Mr. Banks, what do you think about the casting of Tom Hanks as Walt Disney and Emma Thompson as uh, P.L. Travers, who was the author of Mary, Mary Poppins. What, what does that do for you? Uh, since you're, you're our biggest uh, uh, Mary Poppins expert now. <laughs> well, I don't think either one of them look at all like the, the people involved, but I think that's absolutely fine. Uh, I think Tom Hanks has that same very relatable, approachable, avuncular quality that I remember from Walt Disney appearing on the Wonderful World of Disney television series years ago, and I think Emma Thompson will have just that right starchy quality in a different world. Perhaps she could have played Mary Poppins. Uh, so, uh, so I think the I think the casting uh, looks very good, and uh, and I think the Disney people have done it with a lot of care. Uh, they have put you know really good people throughout the entire cast. Um, and so uh, I think it's going to be great. Uh, that's that's sort of my feeling too. I think it's uh, practically perfect casting, and I can't can hardly wait to see it. How about you, AJ? Well, when I first heard that uh, Tom Hanks was going to be playing a Walt Disney in a movie, I thought like, okay, they've got their ace in the hole right there, playing like <laughs> one of like the five most likable actors whoever walked the planet to play Walt Disney, who was responsible for so many childhood memories existing. Like, they just guaranteed <laughs> that, that people, like, lining up to come see that. As for whether or not he's actually going to do a good job, I've only seen a couple trailers so far. I haven't had the chance to see the, the movie yet. I'm As for the movie itself, I'm kind of – I'm cautiously optimistic about it, you know, a uh, a Disney-made movie about Disney. I'm just kind of concerned about how that's going to turn out, but I'll definitely see it because I do really like Tom Hanks, and Emma Thompson usually does really good work, even in kind of the more uh, lesser-quality movies she's in. So they're, they're two great actors that I would love to see at work. So I'll, I'll, I'll be seeing this one. <laughs> yes, I could I could tell from the way you were talking there. You're actually enthusiastic about this movie. And what about you, Richard? Uh, what do you think of Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson in these roles? I think casting Tom Hanks as Walt Disney and Emma Thompson as P.L. Travers is practically perfect in every way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like that. It is practically perfect in every way. I, well, you know, uh, I love the concept of this movie, too. I, I can just uh, see it in in... You know, without even seeing the movie, I, this whole idea that because uh, Walt Disney wanted uh, wanted to uh, well keep a promise that he made his uh, daughters because they wanted him to bring Mary Poppins to the screen, and then to find out that the that the author uh, was not in favor of having her books made into a movie. And, but she agreed to meet with Walt Disney, only to tell him that 
that she didn't want to, you know, didn't want anybody to mess with it. And then Walt Disney having to do, really put on the charm to do everything that he possibly could do, you know, to persuade her uh, to have the movie made. It just, uh, I can just see Tom, Tom Hanks as Walt Disney doing that. And Emma Thompson has this <coughs> ability to be so, uh, you know, so uh, elegant and, uh, you know, sort of, she can be authoritarian. I, I, because I remember her from Nanny McPhee and some of her other roles. I can just see her as someone that would have to be persuaded to do something. So to me, the whole concept of the film and also the whole, the whole uh, idea that we've got to these two great actors together really makes me smile. So um, I, I really think that this is going to be a, a hit. I hope it is a hit. And um, is there anything else that, uh, that the three of you would like to add about Mary Poppins uh, and about Saving Mr. Banks that we haven't talked about? Dale, any, anything else? Now's your chance to add uh, anything no. that we've forgotten. Uh, no, I just I, I hope that it brings a whole new generation back to Mary Poppins, the books, and the movie, uh, and um, and and I think that this is uh, going to be a terrific behind-the-scenes look at really how this film came together, and I'm I'm just really excited about seeing both films make a great double feature, very long double feature, but it would be a great yeah. double feature. Put it together. That would be. That's a great idea. AJ, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, nothing except that I saw that uh, you know Mary Poppins is coming out on a new Blu-ray edition, and like I said before, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't wait to get my hands on it and watch it all over again, and hopefully it'll be as awesome as I remembered. Oh, I hope so too. And that is coming out on December 10th, but I, I think they will take pre-orders. So, dear listeners, uh, if you haven't seen Mary Poppins, that would be wonderful to get the uh, 50th anniversary DVD. And, Richard, anything you would like to add about either Mary Poppins or Saving Mr. Banks? Yeah, yeah I agree with, that with what uh, Nell was saying about, you know, anything that uh, makes me want to revisit or see for the first time a film like Mary Poppins couldn't hurt. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, we do, as I mentioned, we have extended the uh, the time of the show to 60 minutes, uh, but uh, Victoria hasn't called in yet. But this gives us a, a chance to find out what's going on with the three of you in terms of uh, projects. Now, I know you're um, you're always doing a new book. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what's the next thing coming out from uh, from you? Sure, I'd be happy to. As you know, I've done 101 must-see movie moments, and then I did 50 must-see moments from weddings, the best movie weddings, the best movie mothers, the best movie fathers, and my next one is going to be 50 must-see movie moments teachers. Teachers? Yeah. Yay! <laughs> so there, there are a lot... I, I'm sure a lot of great ones rush to your mind right now. If any listeners want to suggest their favorites, they can write to me at moviemom at moviemom.com. In fact, I have so many teachers to choose from. I may have to do a hundred Muslim movie teachers, but there are great ones. And I've got separate sections on uh, grade school, uh, high school, and college and university, and uh, so many great ones to choose from. Oh, I have one right 
at the top of my uh, head here that just came came to What's me. What's that? The minute you said a movie about teachers take the lead with Antonio Banderas. He's still my oh, heart. Oh well, that's a, yeah. He's you know he's great in that. Yeah, so so that's my suggestion. Well, uh, great! I can't wait to read that. I just love reading reading your books. You do such a great job. And and, and AJ, what's going on with you? What's any any new thing that you're involved in? And how's your site going? Site's going pretty good. Uh, as for uh, the Cineslice blog, it's kind of taken a back seat to the growing uh, pile of screeners that I have for other sites. I just finished, or I'm in the process of doing a. Uh, uh, dual review for uh, Classic Movie Guide, our friend Diana Sanger over there. I'm reviewing uh, uh, the Blu-rays for uh, Cinerama Holiday and uh, South Seas Adventure, two new uh, releases from the uh, that were done like the Cinerama format, which is uh, pr- three projectors projecting onto this giant screen that was curved and just filled your peripheral vision. And these were two uh, travelogue movies, just uh, basically... Be, look good and be be real pretty and clear on the big screen. And yeah, these are some fantastic looking stuff. So, uh, other than that, yeah, I've just been uh, trying to put down my screener pile as much as can, as much as I can, just kind of get into that and preparing for the holidays, of course. Yes. Well, well, are you? Do you have any um, live theater work uh, in the offing, or is this kind of a down season for that? Uh, this is this is kind of the down season for that. Uh, I did uh, last month contribute some uh, voiceover work to a uh, local production of uh, the Diary of Anne Frank. Uh, oh. The director, uh, yeah, the director of that is uh, someone I had acted with, and he directed me in a show a couple years ago. And he asked me to come in, and I did uh, a couple voices. I was some like German officers like an uh, uh, Austrian officer, British, and uh, for when uh, the Frank family was listening to the radio. I even got to play uh, Eisenhower, so I played my first president. Kind of a, <laughs> oh, kind of a big deal, yeah. And you the and, irony and, is that, like, what's that? You and Robin Williams got to say, play the same part in the same year. I know. I feel kind of honored. And the thing is, like, I completely forgot, like, what Eisenhower, like, sounded like, so I just kind of sound like really authoritative, like, don't give up hope. Like, that, there, that's my that's my Eisenhower. <laughs> that's so exciting, AJ. I didn't, I didn't know about that. I'm, I'm so happy to, to hear that. And, and uh, Richard, I uh, enjoyed your, your book, Incidental Gold, so much. I, and I know that you're busy working on, a, on another movie book. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about that and how it's coming along. Yeah, I'm gradually building reviews up because um, I'm expanding the book to include not just films that I that I love, you know, like my my favourite films, but also you know different genres of film and, and covering you know quite a few um, in those categories like science fiction, western musicals. Because I know, and I really Yay! That, I advise that. Yeah, that I didn't cover musicals. any musicals in the in Internet of Goal, which I uh, I do regret. <laughs> but uh, that's rest assured, this this time round I will. Uh, I'll be making sure that's uh, that's a top priority. <laughs> well, uh, you're, you're going to include Mary Poppins in this book, right? Oh, yes, <laughs> we will be we'll be watching we'll be watching for that. Well, I I'm looking forward to reading your your next book because I certainly enjoyed uh, Incidental Gold. I thought you did a great job on that. Um, well, I, I should since we have 
some time left. I should let everyone know what's, what's going to be happening uh, here at Movie Attic Headquarters. We've, uh, we will be doing, of course, in Christmas, our traditional A Christmas Story tribute. And uh, it's, every, every year at, uh, in December, we, we like to rerun that particular show because we had two of the cast members from A Christmas Story who were interviewed, Julia Matthews, who was uh, kind of an extra, was it with the, with the uh, Coraliers, and she was just uh, really candid about her work in, uh, and how much she loved A Christmas Story. And then we were lucky to have Zach uh, Ward, who played the red-headed bully so well <laughs> A Christmas Story. So we'll be doing that show. And then um, we'll also be doing in December, uh, we have two, we have Chuck Skull and his brother Dragon, who have uh, done so uh, so many special effects in movies. They have impressive resumes in that field, and they'll be talking with us about that. And then uh, this is kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, so many people who have read uh, It Had to Be Us, the little romantic memoir that my husband and I co-wrote under the names of Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence. So many of people have asked for uh, for it to be made into a movie and into an audio book. So uh, we will be doing one of our shows in December called Two Christmases, which is uh, the first chapter of It Had to Be Us. Uh, and George Bettinger, Mr. Show Business, will be reading the part of Harry, and his wife, Mrs. Showbiz, <laughs> Lizette, will be doing the part of Elizabeth. And uh, I'm really happy with with the with what they've been doing with this, and and so one of our shows will be. And then um, uh, the movie is <laughs> moving along because I was so fortunate to have a filmmaker. Uh, love it had to be us, and uh, approached me about doing a uh, screenplay. And the first draft of the screenplay is finished. Uh, he's just that's Misha Zubrov, and he's just going through and making some of the last-minute changes. So that should be done by the by the end of the year. So those are some things that uh, that I'm looking forward to. And uh, now I see that that our time is almost up, but. Is there anything else uh, any of the three of you would like to, to mention before we wrap, wrap things up, Nell? Well, I just want to mention there's some great films coming out between now and the end of the year I've, that I've already seen. I've already seen Nebraska and Philomena and uh, oh. Inside, Inside Lewin Davis, which has a fabulous soundtrack uh, produced by T-Bone Burnett, and I just want people oh. to be on the lookout for those films. What a good idea to, uh, to, to give give some suggestions for films that are coming up over the holidays. AJ, did you want to mention any films that you're particularly looking forward to? I do. Uh, it's one of my uh, favorite uh, movie series. It's coming out next week from the Criterion Collection in one big box set. It's the Zatoichi series about the Blind Swordsman, the Japanese series. Oh, uh, yes. ran for Ran for 25 movies. It's coming out in a huge set with both wow. Blu-ray and DVD on oh. it. And wow. If, if you go, I know. If you go to barnesandnoble.com, uh, they're having a half-off sale on all their Criterion movies. 
this is included, and it's $112.49, oh which seems like a lot, but technically you're getting 50 movies in there. I'm definitely saving up to get that. I, I love these movies. I love Japanese action, samurai stuff, so this is definitely something I'm looking forward to, and if you like the same sort of thing, it's definitely worth checking out. Well, I love the Blind Swordsman, so yeah, that's going to go on my on my list too. Richard, do you have any... Um, movies that you'd like to recommend for people to be looking for uh, between now and the end of the year? I'm really looking forward to seeing 47 Ronin with uh, mm. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Just the tagline for that, which is, their army is infinite. We are 47. <laughs> it just sounds like mind, a mindless guilty pleasure, which I would just absolutely love, uh, hopefully, <laughs> if they do. Right. <laughs> I think when, when Keanu Reeves is on his A-game, like he was in Speed and the Matrix, it's it's it's, it's great fun. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I I I really appreciate getting these getting these suggestions, and and I'm very very excited about the possibility this Friday of seeing the Hunger Games Catching Fire, because I mm. I just fell in love with that uh, film last uh, the la- you know the first uh, version the fir- the original. Uh, and so, have you have you seen that now? Yes, I have, and I think you'll be very, very pleased with Chapter Two. Uh, and it has a very powerful last ten seconds. So, get ready to have your socks knocked off. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is an <laughs> extraordinary actress. It's got some great new uh, additions to the cast, including Amanda Plummer, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Sam Claflin, and um, and Jenna Malone, and uh, they've got a different director, uh, Francis Lawrence, and a different costume designer who really upped the game on the costumes, which are very important in the in the film. And so, yeah, I think you'll be very pleased with Chapter Two. Oh, thank you for letting me know because I I just am so excited about it. Uh, I just thought the first one was sensational. I mean, it, it, everything worked in that for me: the costumes and the sets and the performances and the story. So um, I'm, I'm even more excited now after hearing your recommendation for <laughs> Catching Catching Fire. That's uh, the Hunger Games, and that's the, the sequel to uh, the first Hunger Games. And I'm so glad to hear about Jennifer Lawrence. She's ending up being one of my favorite uh, actresses. Yeah, well, and you do want I to see that on the IMAX. Oh, I don't have an IMAX close oh, to no. me. But oh, no. I, we do have a big screen over at Cinemax, so Good. I'll have to I'll have to make that I'll have to make that do. Well, I see our time is almost up, and what a fun party this has been because of Nell, AJ, and Richard. You really such wonderful guests every time you're on the show. I really appreciate it. So I want to say a big shout out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for featuring this episode as one of their staff picks. I really appreciate it. And also to Mickey Starr for everything she does to make Movie Addict Headquarters possible. And to Richard B. Smart for his technical assistance with our intro and outro music today. And special thanks again to all of our listeners. We hope everyone enjoyed this Mary Poppins party. And speaking of musical numbers, here's the great Julie Andrews to take us out with one of my favorite Mary Poppins songs. And since this is our last show of the month, I want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. 
In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun, and snap, the job's a game. And every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake. They find 